Welcome to episode 91 of Around the Crease, the show that brings you highlights and news from boys' high school across around the country. I'm Mike Loveday, founder of LaxRecords.com. Let's get into this week's show. Hey everyone, um, this week's show is going to be a little bit different. It's actually a bit of a rebroadcast for those of you who may have caught the uh, YouTube live show that we did last Saturday. Um, I actually brought back Michael Ward, uh, who you guys know from our is the Midwest contributor here at LaxRecords.com. He also does the One Man Ride podcast, and Lee Roggenberg. He is the editor of uh, FloridaLacrosseNews.com. So we kind of all got together for a live show on YouTube where we talked about everything that's going on with coronavirus, the high school lacrosse season. We also ended up talking about the NCAA's decision to give seniors a fifth year. And we tried to share some of our positive thoughts on some of our favorite things from the shortened high school lacrosse season. So for those of you that did not catch the show on YouTube last Saturday, um, it's still available. You can go to youtube.com slash laxrecords and uh, watch the video of that episode and then obviously you can hear the entirety thing up next so let's get into it today we're you know i thought we'd kind of just first like to check in to see how everybody's doing um since we really haven't been you know that much in touch like it's without without lacrosse like it's really been i've been a little lost but i want to see how you guys are doing um we'll go from my right to left or left to right so ward how how are you how's your family everyone's good here uh you know I said, uh, I've told people I'm sort of made for social distancing. I don't like talking to people very often anyway. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just living in my house in my basement. My kids are on another floor. My wife's on another floor. So we're doing fine. Um, it's, it's just so weird. It's a strange, it's a strange phenomenon going on. And, uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. Uh, but it's, it's definitely a, a weird, a weird time yeah for sure i was gonna ask you how's your how's how's junior doing because i know he had a rough year last year with the injury and now this so he's, he's had <laughs> yeah. he's had a rough couple of years for a couple of different reasons yeah so he's had uh two years of injuries so he was finally he was uh healthy he was finally a little out of shape but finally looking healthy they got to play one game so they played one oh. game and i made like a funny highlight video of his junior year video out of it it was one minute long yeah uh but he was he was getting fat the good thing about this is now every day when i'm down here in my basement listening and watching my shows all of a sudden i hear the bounce back and he's in there lifting weights and and, and throwing the ball against the bounce back without even you know telling them they have to you know he's dad you want to go out and play catch so that's a little different like i don't have to get on him or anything so He's doing that, and so that's, I mean, I guess that's the uh, the silver lining that, you know, he's missing it. You take it away, and then they love it. So, and then talking to some college coaches, that's the only, you know. Yeah. But he's looking good. Yeah. He's looking good. Good, good, good to hear. Um, how about you, Lee? How are, how are things down in uh, Florida? I'm surprised you're not on a, on a beach, you know, on a <laughs> somewhere right now. Uh, if I got on a beach, I'd be arrested probably. <laughs> You'd have to stay away from that. They actually arrested a guy on a paddle boat <clears throat> the other day who was just out there on the water by himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, down here, <clears throat> a little bit later you know, to the breakout, um, although I think uh, they kind of traced it back maybe to 
Uh, the Super Bowl. Remember, we had the Super Bowl down here on February 2nd, mm-hmm. and a lot of San Francisco fans were in town. So that might have been sort of our introduction to all this. And uh, when you look at uh, what it's affected, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade, which is the southeast you know, corridor, is basically where more than half the cases are in the state. Um, as far as me, uh, you know, my significant other probably is happy to be distanced from me. Uh, our son, who's uh, just turned 25, has been out of the house uh, for a couple of years already. Uh, those who know that uh, my profession is actually as a an investment advisor, and uh, this has been a very tough three weeks or so for clients and advisors together. Uh, I've pretty much been self-isolated within the place uh, at least two and a half weeks now. Yeah, uh, going a little stir crazy. Uh, there's not a lot left on Netflix that I want to see. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, uh, the health is there, and uh, the lacrosse is not. Uh, we had a little bit different from you guys up there in that we actually got through almost pretty much half the season yeah. <clears throat> before we shut down. Uh, but to be honest, this season has kind of been jinxed from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked, obviously, about the, the classifications and what that had meant. But, boy, you know, in the, in the last uh, – We've had three major pieces of bad news down here. <clears throat> Day before the season started, Westminster Christian Captain Lucas Alvarez died in a boating accident. I heard about that. Then on March 19th, right after we were shut down, Mark Bavaro on Cardinal Mooney was also in a boating accident. Yeah. And he is now up at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, hoping to start the journey back to walking again and then right after that roger bradford parent of uh, dylan bradford a senior on jupiter and a local coach in the jupiter to area also died in a boating accident <clears throat> so we have just had uh, i've never had a season like this before where we've had things that have gone well and things that have just gone like this yeah all in one shot yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I was reading a story um, today about a kid at South Carroll in Maryland. Like, he was in his backyard, um, you know, kind of like, like Junior Mike. He was practicing lacrosse, and I guess some guy went and murdered his – like, came over and murdered his wife, like, and then shot the kid, and then went home to Gaithersburg, Maryland, and shot himself. And so, like, it's just one of those stories. In the article I was reading, they were like, yeah, he would have been at school had you know under normal circumstances um so it's just you know obviously it's uh yeah it's obviously a rough season for for multiple th- multiple things and you never want to hear you never want to hear those kind of stories no matter what so uh yeah it's uh i think we're gonna this is gonna be a weird season like i've been try- kind of trying to wrap my hand around i guess for me like um me and the wife and the sister-in-law we're all we're all doing good we're all uh uh wife and i live like we basically have a, a three flat and my sister-in-law lives on the second floor. My wife and I obviously live on the bottom floor. So we're self-isolating, more or less. Like, we've both been, like, she's been out. They've canceled, now canceled. Uh, she's an occupational therapist. And they canceled schools up until, so far until May, uh, end of April. Um, we keep talking. I After Indiana, Michael, I know they, they've closed school for the rest of the year. Like, 
and Michigan just shut it down for the rest of the year. I kind of have trouble believing that Illinois will be any different. I don't think they'll be the holdout. I don't know what Wisconsin's going to be doing at this point, but I don't think she'll be going back. I just found out from my work uh, yesterday that we're not going back till at least May 18th now. Um, but that date has changed a couple times <laughs> since this all started. Like before it was two weeks, and then it was the end of April, and now it's middle of May. So, um, but I mean, for me, it's kind of funny, like, Michael, kind of like you, like, uh, I'm kind of, you know, I, well, you're obviously not an introvert, but you know, I kind of do self-isolation anyway. So like for me working from home, I'm like, oh, I'm okay with it. It It's the, uh, not being able to go anywhere or really do anything. Like, you know, luckily like places are open. We can kind of go, like we, we went to the corner store. That's also a grocery store and we got really good Mexican food. So we're lucky there. So we grabbed some tostadas and tacos and that's like our trip out. We still run in the morning. So that's kind of like, you know, to keep us sane and, uh, keep us from going at each other but we've been going strong like we kind of joked and we're like you know it's like we haven't been in one real argument yet <laughs> like you know and we spend every waking moment together now like neither of us are going to work yeah definitely be knocking on wood <laughs> i don't want to do it for the audio but yeah other than that but uh yeah so but you can't really we guess we, we're healthy and we can't really complain too much so we're we're fortunate there um i do kind of want to give an update um i guess i don't know if any of you guys saw but you know tanner demling who covers the southeast for me um, his dad is now in the hospital with symptoms. Um, he sent me the link. He told me that yesterday and he sent me the link. And, uh, once we're kind of done with this, I'll leave the links in the YouTube, but I guess there's someone cause he works for a 24 seven sports dad, Jody, and they've set up kind of a page. You can kind of keep updated. Um, the update that I saw, like he was on a ventilator, um, as they kind of go on, but it sounded like he was doing overall pretty well and Tanner and his family's doing well other than his dad. So obviously kind of keep, you know, keep him in your prayers because it's kind of this is rough enough and then once you kind of find people that are you know kind of when you start to actually get touched by it it becomes one of those things where it's like it's a little bit more real at least for me um it's one thing to read it in the newspaper or see it on the news in the morning and when you start to know people that it's been affected by um it's a little crazy um at least health wise obviously we're, we're all kind of affected with it just because of you know lack of lacrosse season um which actually kind of brings us to our next topic, I guess, of sorts after the check-in is, you know, I guess uh, what's going on in your guys' neck of the woods. Um, Lee, we'll, we'll start with you this time. Um, you know, I know I, last I heard, I don't think you guys have officially canceled yet, right? Not officially. I would be stunned if we got back before the season was scheduled to, to – uh, to end, but I think that uh, there are a number of high schools that have been talking to each other about <clears throat> maybe being able to do something after the season uh, along the lines of having high school teams play as clubs and having a couple of uh, round-robin tournaments maybe or even single or double knockout type tournaments. That's sort of still being discussed, but the desire to, you know, obviously because we end so early, mm -hmm. even with school, I mean, May 8th, 15th, whatever it is, we're done with the schools down here. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of time after the schools end that we can sort of have more informal approaches to sort of allow the teams to get some more action in and to play, uh, give the seniors. Uh, a, a number of schools were able to get senior night in the last night. Uh, the shutdown orders kind of came down Friday morning, I guess it was. 
and uh, kind of filtered out a little slowly. And some of the schools knew that that was going to be it. And they front loaded their senior night. Uh, even, you know, for instance, Jupiter and Oxbridge decided to play. They had already played once this year. Mm-hmm. And instead of Jupiter going over to Cardinal Mooney, uh, they ended up having a senior night at Oxbridge for both teams. And yeah, I know that some of the schools didn't get a chance to do that either. Uh, you know, the way that the season was playing out, uh, you know, there, it was it was sort of not very different from what we discussed in the preseason yeah. <clears throat> going into it. Some of the schools that uh, took that leap up, you know, King's Academy, Heritage Plantation, Benjamin was coming back. Lake Highland, interestingly enough, looks like it's gotten back on track. Uh, back into uh, the possible race. Yeah, for. I saw a few of their scores. They I mean, looked I like they were that, doing pretty well. Yeah. I think that Lake Highland and Pontevedra was actually scheduled to play. I think so. Or Lake Highland and Bishop Moore were scheduled to play the day before uh, the season uh, or the day after the season ended up getting canceled. And so we missed out on some pretty good matchups and obviously all of the schools that came down <clears throat> that were going to come down yeah. from up north. I listened to the podcast with uh, Tom and his kids yeah. going up yeah. to Maryland. I watched both of those games online. Uh, they gave Gilman a heck of a, a game. Yeah. They really showed. And uh, whatever happened with Boys Latin, you know, it happened. You know, you're know, you going to get a game like that where something gets off the rails and it just snowballs on you. Yeah. Bo- Boys Latin returned out. everybody from last year and added Brendan Grimes back yeah. because he was injured most of last year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's mostly kind of what happened is they're just that they were, they're, they're really good. <laughs> really good. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's just the, that's an extra cut above. Um, but when you look at it, uh, I think that we actually had, uh, although truncated, we had a very interesting year in that, we had a lot of kids make Division One rosters. Besides, I think we, we had said 75 or so on the D1 rosters on the men's side. Uh, one of my readers put together the women's side. We had over 100 uh, on Division One women's programs out of the state this year. And I think that just says an awful lot. When you look at the downside, some of the things you look at, we're going to miss Caitlin Wurzberger her senior year. Yeah. And a, one, and a goalie on Lake Highland I've been so impressed with, Reagan Alexander, uh, who's on your, your way uh, up into the Midwest. She'll be an Ohio State commit. And she is the most athletic goalie I have ever seen on the girls' side. And I think she's going to really impress people at the next level. And that Lake Highland Heritage Del Rey matchup, which we didn't get to see in the regular season, and would have been a wonderful final four matchup because these are two top 10 teams yeah. in the nation in the inside lacrosse ball. And we have two of them in Florida. Yeah. That's just a marvelous thing. Yeah. Uh, one little fun little thing that happened was Antonio Brown actually showed up at a high school game down here. Yeah. I saw, I saw uh, that report. <laughs> it was kind of, I saw funny. that too. Yeah. 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 It was kind of cute. And, um, also, uh, we had some nice uh, Division Two and Three All-American selections out of the state. Uh, Wyatt Schupler, the Army goalie, yeah. Pontevedra yeah, grad, uh, made the uh, third team Maverick uh, Division One All-American team. Jared only made uh, honorable mention this year, uh, and Mikey Adler, you know, the St. Thomas goalie, made uh, 
for St. Joe's. He was honorable mention uh, goalie, All-American too. Uh, and then on the D2 side, uh, Noah Haas, a Gulf Breeze grad, uh, second team, sophomore Beaumont Abbey. And Kevin Horwitz, who uh, I'm very friendly with with the family, a Stoneman Douglas grad, Florida Southern faceoff uh, made as a junior. He made the third team uh, All-American uh, for Florida Southern the D2 level. So yeah. we had some pretty nice ups and to go with the downs that we saw so far. Yeah. Ward, how about you? Um, what Obviously, uh, I, I know the state of what it is in, in your neck of the woods, but what's what's going on in Indiana and your kind of uh, purview? Well, you know, we didn't even get started. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the terrible part. Um, I mean, I, I got to go see games. I got to, I guess they weren't official games, so I, I think I saw eight games, seven games. Uh, I got to see Culver play yeah. three times. Yeah. Uh, I actually was with Tanner down in, in uh, Louisville mm-hmm. um, watching them play. Uh, God, who do they play? Montgomery Bell. Yeah. Um, and uh, the scary thing, again, I think a lot of kids, this is horrible for them, especially the seniors, um, especially kids who are were coming back and they were trying to get a gear, you know, like my son or somebody else who was coming off an injury yeah. players. The crazy thing about Culver is they looked better than last year. Yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah. Um, there was just a different dynamic. And I was really excited to watch them. Um, I was really excited because I was going to go out east and check out some of their games. Um, you know, there was a lot of – there were a lot of questions going into this into this season in the Midwest. You know, uh, during the preseason rankings when people don't have Loyola Academy 1 or 2 in Illinois and they're saying – this is the time for St. Byatt or just to jump above them or, yeah. or Evanston. Evanston was seemed to be a lot of people's dark horse pick. Um, and, and it, you know, before it even got started, it was over. So, yeah. uh, and there's a, you know, and I know a lot of these kids and I feel horrible for them. Um, there were kids who were seniors who were still looking to go, you know, commit, you know, they, they were still talking with schools and they don't even get to show it, show their last season. So, yeah, you know, uh, it's a bad situation. It's horrible for them. Um, there's nothing you can do. You know, it's, it's happening to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of, you know, let's see what happens. And, and hopefully um, this summer they can they can try to get out there. I know I've talked with um, I've talked with a few different um, people who run tournaments mm-hmm. out east uh, to see what their contingency plans are. Uh the uh, Under Armour All America stuff, uh, the, the the National All Stars, yeah. the NLF tournament. Yeah. Talk with them to see what they're going to do. So it seems like everyone's a little nimble. Um, I talked with the uh, with Terry Foy from Inside Lacrosse, and I asked him about you know at some point would they allow twenties to play, uh, and he said you know th- that's something they'd look into. I think at some point you know. As Lee was saying, I, I've talked with some coaches talking about playing the teams like the NHSLS, yeah. doing a Midwest-like type of tournament. That's something that's been batted around. Uh, we were talking with some people yesterday just to give these kids a chance to get out there and, and, and you know, at least say, hey, I finished my season. I got to play with my teammates one more time. Yeah, That would, that would you know, I think that little thing, if it was one game even, you know, like, like Lee said, 
they had senior nights in Florida. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got some a guys few. got to have their senior night. There are some kids who busted their butt for years and senior nights that night where you get to run through everybody and get the applause. Yeah. And they're going to miss out on it, missing out on prom. Yeah. Um, so hopefully if something as simple as lacrosse and we can do something in the summertime to get these kids maybe a little closure on their season, that would be that would be something. And I know a lot of people are talking about it. I know a lot of people are working on it. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of uh, people that I'm speaking with. I'm sure Lee's talking, hearing things down there. I'm sure it's happening everywhere. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the uncertainty right now. Yeah. You know, we don't know when. That, that this ex- could be going on all summer. Yeah, don't know. that actually brings this um, David Pounder. He left a left a comment um, in there, like you know, what are our thoughts on high school with with high school less and less likely, um, with uh, summer increasingly being at risk. Like, obviously, I guess I will first add the uh, caveat that none of us are, you know, qualified doctors or anything like that to really know what what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I've kind of constantly been asking people, like, what, you know, what, what do we think is going to happen with summer? I mean, even like stuff like the Under Armour games and stuff like that. I'm like, this stuff is gets closer and closer because, I mean, tryouts for under, you know, the underclass games would be starting soon, uh, I believe. And something like I think down in the southeast and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know if you, what, do you guys have any thoughts like, you know, do we think that, you know, what do you I mean, my best guess is I'm figuring probably maybe July. Um before and then but i still even wonder like if people were really like we're probably not going to feel normal in july so you always kind of wonder like what that'll actually end up being like i don't know if you guys have thoughts you've been talking to anybody it's like because i know i've seen a few tournaments that have tried to move or push dates um but it's still kind of in question it's like you know we want to do late june early july but it's all kind of a hope at this point yeah. too. we don't actually know you know mike mike uh, i think that as much as we talk about this, Mike's point about closure <clears throat> really is the key thing to me because for the vast majority of kids, their high school is it, yeah. the end of the road for their organized sports, particularly in this sport, which has so few slots for all the high school players that play this sport around the country. And it, I, I think it would be much better to focus on how you find that closure. Yeah. Now, as yeah. far as the timeline is concerned, you know, obviously we're not, you know, doctors, research assistants, things like that. There's the, there will be the part where we solve the problem, whether vaccine or antibody or whatever comes along. And then there will be that mental aspect of how long do you go before you feel comfortable? Yeah. That's really the story that will sort of lead to what is the time frame. You know, we were, you think back to 9-11, even though it happened all in one day, I don't think any of us got on an airplane for six months without feeling comfortable. Yeah. I don't think any of us, you know, I... I was in an area where a lot of the hijackers were preparing or had lived. So there were stories that would float around in our area uh, long after that it happened. So, you know, these are the types of things that you get good surprises and bad surprises. 
Yeah. The bad surprises are going to be those who are not able to put it out of their mind. But then you also have the good surprises. You might very well see a younger generation having been shocked out of a lethargy. Yeah. And maybe understanding, okay, we got to grow up a lot faster. You know, these are the types of things you see during wartime. You go back and you read the history of World War I, World War II, and how in the Depression, how these people had to grow up quickly. And you look back at, you know, what we've experienced, say, in the last, since 9-11, which is 19 years ago already. And then you say to yourself, well, <clears throat> the kids who have grown up today, with the exception maybe of the financial panic, which was solved relatively quickly, <clears throat> what have they really faced at, in an adversarial way? This is it. And this is the type of thing that gets you to grow up a lot quicker. Yeah. How about you, Michael? Any thoughts on summer? I know you kind of touched on a, a little bit with what you're saying, but like uh, from what you from what you're hearing and who you're talking to, like how likely do you think we're gonna get? Like it's not gonna be a normal summer. I think we can kind of throw that out the window. It's gonna be modified in some fashion. But like, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, anyone who's got a tournament in June uh, that I've spoken with, I'll have their fingers crossed. Yeah, they are making contingency plans right now. Um, you know, some places it's hard to get, you know, to try to shift to the end of July, uh, maybe early August. Then all of a sudden you start getting into different schools or state associations if you're allowed to play with that. So yeah. it's got to be – I know everyone's nervous, and I know everyone – the people I've talked to pretty much are writing off June. Yeah. They're pretty much saying no June. Um, so, I, you know, I just go along with that. I also think what this is going to do, and I, you know, hate talking about the travel teams or whatever, or the tournaments. I think this is going to be a washout of some of the marginal or smaller tournaments, or um, it might be an only the strong survive type deal. Yeah. You know, uh, only the biggest and the best are going to last because if your team can only go to one tournament and they say, let's go to this one, they might cut out a, a more of a fledgling tournament. So th there could be. The destruction of, of perhaps some travel teams, the destruction of some college teams because of this, yeah. because of the money not coming in. Uh, I, I think this is going to reverberate a lot longer than just not being able to play for this year or later in the thing. I, I, I'm looking at more of the what's going to what's the what's the backlash in a year or two years. I mean, if you can't give out scholarships, if you can't, uh, you know, if you don't have money in your program to start. Yeah. That's the that's the other part. But as far as this summer, I mean, if, for, I'll tell you from example for from my standpoint. So I have a son who's a junior. Yeah. And so he needs to be seen, and he has no film now for his junior year. Yeah. Uh, you know, a Midwest kid, unless you're at Culver, a superstar, wasn't getting a scholarship offer unless they were, you know, the seniors were getting. Right. One. So now I have to sit there and say, okay, he had three tournaments that he was going to, or four tournaments he was going to. He had two prospect or two All-American tryouts that he was going to. But now I might have to say, we're not going to that, and you're going to this prospect day, you know, or this prospect, because that might be the better opportunity uh, to go directly in front of the coach you have to see. Yeah. So that's so that 
that's the decision some parents are going to be making. That's the decision some um, coaches will be making. And then hopefully, like I said, maybe some sort of tournament could happen in July, uh, maybe early August, that you could get some kids that could all play together that could get some closure for the 20s. Yeah. So that's, you know, but again, it's all up in the air. No, we don't. Yeah. This could be going on. Though, Christmas. I mean, they're talking about the NFL today. Yeah. They're sitting there saying, oh, we could wonder if that's going to start on time. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a multi-billion dollar business. You think that if they're worried about that, they don't care about high school lacrosse. Yeah. 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 I mean, to your and point, you like, know, also, go ahead, Lee. I was also going to say that let's not forget it's not like the country is going to roll through this at the same time. Yeah. We also have to remember that there are areas that have not really been impacted yet and might start in another week or two. So it, even if you have a plan that by June and you have travel teams coming together, if we're lucky, maybe only a third of the states can – have gotten to the point where there's enough healthy people. Yeah. Well, you also run into like, is anybody going to be able to travel? Uh, I mean, obviously here in Illinois, I mean, we're allowed to go, but I mean, they're not really, it's not like they're encouraging anybody to to travel out of state or or anything like that. So, I mean, and you know, I think they're said we're still about like another week or so um, by their estimates for Illinois from hitting the, the peak of this thing. Like my wife and I were talking the other day. It's not like, you know, once you hit the peak, it's just like, bottoms out it's not like a cliff so like you know where is that so it's not like after you know if it ends in a, if the peak is in a week it's not like eight days they're going to shove everybody back into a classroom and everything is going to go back to normal so it's going to take a while for even that to roll out so to your point like i mean so much happens in that maryland that mid-atlantic area um you know and a lot of events take place in those areas i mean it, it's going to be dependent but it's also going to be dependent can those can the teams that normally travel to those things i mean I think, Michael, to your point, like, yeah, I think not everybody's going to be able to move to July. If everybody washes out June, like, there's only so many days in July and there's only so much demand. And if everybody's cramming it into a, a 30-day month, um, yeah, not everybody's going uh, to to be able to cram in there. Um, you kind of brought up another interesting point that I kind of want to touch on as far as, like, the NCAA because, obviously, we're kind of at that point where, you know, with their with their ruling – how that impacts the the kids that are seniors. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to trickle down to, you know, the 21s and um, 22s as well. But, I mean, obviously, the, the current group of 20s is the most significantly impacted. Um, I'd kind of like to get your guys' take on what you thought about the NCAA ruling as far as letting uh, – giving the guys a fifth year. Okay, we'll go with uh, – Lee, we'll go with you first. I'll, I'll start. Okay. Uh, you think – I think that one of the things that – maybe will happen is that whoever has grad schools that can sort of place their players. Uh, For instance, uh, being a Hobart guy myself, I've already seen Eric Holden apply to the transfer portal because he really really doesn't have the ability to play the fifth year at Hobart, Mm -hmm. having already graduated. And I think that's going to be part of the equation uh, as far as how many colleges maybe keep their players. Now, obviously, this is going to make a very big impact on roster size. Yeah. <clears throat> and as far as, you know, how does a coach divide up their scholarship money is, is really 
And this is uncharted territory. Yeah, I don't think we're uh, actually going to get answers like anytime, yeah. anytime soon. Like as far as like how how this will really, um, I guess, truly impact things. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I know the NCAA is not giving as much money this year to the schools based on losing their the NCAA basketball tournament, which funded a lot of <laughs> athletic departments. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I, I'm not worried about Ohio State. I'm not worried about Notre Dame. I'm not worried about Duke. I'm not worried about any Big Ten team. But you might start worrying about like a Lafayette yeah. or a Bucknell um, or a flood like a Cleveland State that just started or a Bellarmine. I mean, all of a sudden, if they don't have the money and their players start getting nervous, well, all of a sudden you start. I mean, I think this transfer portal is actually starting to really heat up, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, and I, I find it, I find it to be pretty. If I was a coach and I talked to a coach last week and they were basically saying they don't know what to expect. But if you look at it from a kid coming in, a senior who was already committed, well, now he was committed, but some of those seniors might be staying. So yeah. he's going there. I, I think you have to let the, the, the seniors finish. The only problem for the seniors is it might cost them another 50 grand yeah. you know, to go to school. It's not like they're getting a full ride. You know, they might be getting twelve thousand five hundred off a sixty-five thousand dollar bill. So, you know, uh, to Lee's point, do they take it to graduate school? Now, I know the Ivy League; they don't allow you to play as a graduate student. So, those kids might say we're, we're gone. So, again, I think it's all fluid. I think you got to. I think, I think all the rules that if they start pushing these rules, saying this is how it's done and this is how we do it, the NCAA is going to end. Because people are going to say, screw that. This is, this is a world-changing event. This yeah. is probably a, a generational event. This is a World War II type of scenario for some of these people. And if you have an outfit like the NCAA, which is not very <laughs> likable right now, and they start hammering people, they're going to say, I don't want to be a part of the NCAA right now. Yeah. I, I can see basketball and football saying, um, we'll take it on our own. We'll start our own divisions and then and take it from there. So I think this is something that better be fluid, uh, take into account. Um, the the unbelievable circumstances we have here, uh, and and let the seniors. I worry about the freshmen, the the incoming freshmen, yeah. the, the 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 high school kids going forward. Yeah, there might not be any money going forward. There might not be any sports money going forward, especially in lacrosse. We were talking with um, I was talking with Chris Garland about it. We were texting back and forth, and I said, does this does this become a whole big MCLA does everyone no scholarships and just go and play and have you know there's stuff you can you can get better money and educational wise yeah. you have grades wise uh, so it, it's all great to speculate now I, I think this is a I think I honestly believe this is a turning point for so many things in this country school being one of them yeah. my daughter is now homeschooling and she's like I want to homeschool yeah. She's like, this is easy. This is great. I love it. I want to homeschool. And I'm like, no. no. I go, the social aspect is what school is. But then you think about it. Well, the social aspect is school. And if you play sports, I mean, this could end sports in high schools. Just, the, I mean, there's so many different things. So, you know, we could go down a whole rabbit hole here, which I've gone down rabbit holes already about this. Uh, I just, you know, it's unfair, but life's not fair. Life doesn't pick winners. I always believe that. But it's tough. But it's no fault of the seniors, and it's no fault of the freshmen. Yeah. So, 
hopefully there's going to be smart heads that will say, let's relax the rules. Let's look at these insinuating circumstances and say, we could, we could do stuff to try to help people out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to notorious for doing that, but yeah, who knows? I'm gonna, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Cause I guess we can't, we can't all agree. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I partly agree with you, Michael. And just in terms of you know, it's everybody got screwed and, it, it part of it's kind of nice that the NCAA is letting the the seniors come back or have the option to come back. I guess um, is is more to the point. Um, but there's there is that small part of me that's kind of wants to be like, you know what? It's like everybody's kind of getting screwed right now. Um, I mean, I think you know my my buddy got laid off. Like he's you know he he's a, a server at a restaurant. Like he's not getting paid. He's not working. Um, there's a lot of people like that. There's a business, business. They literally just opened at the end of like middle of February. They had their, their grand opening and we were talking to the owner and he's like, he had to lay off his entire staff. He had five people working for him. He had to lay off his entire staff and he does not know if, uh, they're actually going to survive this because they're just doing, I mean, luckily they're able to do takeout, but he said like one day when they would have done a few thousand, they did like $200. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's people hurting. And so there's that part of me that kind of looks around. I'm like, you know, everybody's kind of, uh, a little screwed for the NCAA to kind of get, you know, it's like, I don't want to say, you know, screw the seniors. Cause that's not really the, the route I'm taking, but I look at like, what is this going to do? Um, what ripple effect is this going to have, you know, not for just the 2020s, but the 2021s. I mean, I was talking to a, a friend who's, um, cover soccer and he was talking he was like we the kind of conspiracy had is that you know ncaa probably offered this figuring that probably 90 percent of the seniors won't take it like they might have at this point in their high their college career they they might already had jobs lined up and you know who's gonna take you know turn down you know a 50 to sixty thousand dollar a year job to come back for college for one more year to you know play lacrosse um or you know just to be back in college again you know especially I mean, a guy like Michael Sowers, like, is he going to come back to play lacrosse? Like, he's Princeton. Like, you would like to think that he has a pretty good um, future ahead of him outside of lacrosse. Or, well, you know, he'll get drafted into PLL regardless. You know, he, he's got to be the number one pick. Um, uh, but, you know, you just kind of look at, you know, what what that's going to do to the, the seniors in high school. Because you think about it, it's like, you know, what, what are these guys? Like, these guys probably picked rosters based on – like, all right, you know, I was like, I see, you know, I'm an attackman. I see, like, you know, we'll just say Maryland. Like, you know, Maryland's got, like, you know, three attackmen or whatever on their on their roster and they're as seniors and they're going to graduate. So that'll give me a spot. Um, and it's not only, like, are those three seniors from Maryland going to come back, but, you know, is, you know, we've seen, like, Michael, you said the transfer portal earlier. Are we going to see guys that are going to enter the transfer portal and, like, maybe it's a chance, like, Maybe a kid that wanted like that a college coach was high on when the guy was a freshman, like oh now we have kind of another shot at him to get him to come in. So you know maybe there's a guy that's already played a year or two at college that's in the transfer portal that they're like well we like him better than maybe the guy that's coming in as a freshman or even a guy that they had that was a freshman this year that never even got to play. So I mean I think it's kind of open like uh, a Pandora's box that I don't think anybody really knows what it's going to. Do to the sport because I mean, I've already heard I've already heard from a few college coaches that you know they've had to lay off staff. Um, it's not like they're gonna you know in some colleges they're just not gonna have the money to provide for extra scholarships or anything like that. Like you know it's I mean lacrosse isn't a big budget sport to begin with, and I mean a lot of money comes from 
March Madness, and that money did not happen this year. I mean, I think at one point, was it like $900 million or something like that they make off March Madness? I mean, it's an insane amount of money for a I conference think more, to I lose. Think it's more than that now. I think it's more than that. I think it's over a billion a year now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of money to lose and not have to funnel into conferences and programs and stuff like that. And it's like, how is everybody kind of going to recover from that? So it's like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> I'm, I have no inside knowledge, but I'm like, you know, it's got to be one of those things. I'm like, there's, there's got to be so many things that just got to fall out and shake out. And like to kind of add that on top, I'm like, you know, I feel, you know, I think we all feel bad. I think it's kind of safe to say that we all feel bad for the the seniors, but I'm just wondering, I'm like, man, how much of a thing that they open up by letting those guys come back? Um, that's gonna that we're gonna feel for a few more years. You know, it could very well be that we are overanalyzing it. <clears throat> oh, I mean, <laughs> basically, the kids who are going to go transfer for grad school are going to transfer for grad school anyhow. And uh, the ones, as you say, I mean, if you're an Ivy League grad, in all likelihood in this economy, remember, before this all started, our unemployment rate was so low that you could have written your own ticket coming out of an Ivy League school this summer. And I assume that an awful lot of these uh, kids had lined up their jobs already. Uh, And as you say, you know, this is, uh, most of the colleges at the D1 level are very high-end academic schools. Certainly a lot of the D3 schools are high academic schools. And when you just kind of look at the whole thing, it could very well be that we get a normal summer even with this. And then maybe not a lot of the slots uh, need to be uh, worried about for the incoming freshmen. Yeah. But the money aspect of this obviously is a very key part of it. Without that... Uh, those two very big, you know, we say the NCAA basketball tournament, I assume that the BCS probably funnels a lot of money uh, through that too. And those are your two big tickets that always sort of pay uh, for an awful lot of the freight. Maybe you'll just have a season where uh, the one or two big donors at the colleges who are very big on the sport will reach in and you know, write another check, maybe a, a Utah gets a David Needleman to write another check, which he probably gladly would do. <clears throat> and you know, there are other schools where that situation is possible also. Uh, you know, just um, I think that it's easy to talk about it. Uh, we're probably all better off of a wait and see attitude on it. Yeah. And just, and Mike, you know, brought up the point about uh, going to the school because you want to go to the school if this year hasn't highlighted that in the kids' and parents' minds, I don't know what will. It's still all about going to the college. It's not about playing lacrosse. Yeah. And kids have got to accept that, and parents have got to accept that. Yeah, right. I think I think we got all in agreement on that. Well, you know, I know we kind of got broken up in the middle, but I, I don't want to end with it all seeming like, you know, like, oh, you know, this has very been like, I don't know how it feels for you guys, but it's like, oh, it's been nice to kind of talk a little bit of uh, lacrosse a little bit, kind of, because obviously I've talked lacrosse with my wife. She just kind of nods at me, shakes my head. I see the eyes glaze over, you know, after about like 30, 40 seconds. <laughs> like, uh, so this has been nice for me. So I kind of do want to leave it on a, a bit of a positive note. I know, uh, Michael, you and I really didn't get to see too many games. I was looking forward to, uh, I had a bit of a sad moment yesterday i think it was when i looked at my calendar and i did uh, delete the uh, midwest 
lacrosse challenge off my calendar for an event that I was attending. I think I was literally before this kind of all went down. I was like, I'm going to book my hotel tomorrow uh, for the tourney. And I was like, well, I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. But uh, um, I, you know, we didn't get to see much lacrosse as much as we had planned. Um, but I kind of would like to leave off with just a little bit of uh, something positive and what you guys saw this year that uh, that you really enjoyed, that people can kind of like, all right, you know, this will hopefully be something people can kind of glean on to for takeaways for the 2020 season, even though I think, you know, most people, it'll be remembered for other reasons, but I would like to get something. So, uh, Michael, how about you? I know you said you got to see about eight games. Even if they weren't, you know, official games, you still got to see some lacrosse. Like, what did you see that uh, put a smile on your face this year? Uh, well, Culver was watching that. I, I'll be personal, a personal thing, seeing my son be able to run. Yeah. That was, that was seeing him run and not, and not look like it was a dry heave on grass. Yeah. That's literally like what <clears throat> he could actually run. So that was a pleasant thing to me and getting to see the parents. See, I, when I go to these games, you know, you talk to them on Twitter and your email yeah. and getting to talk to the parents. When I went to one of the Culver games, like, I was in Louisville and, and all the parents were coming up to me and talking to me. And I, I, I thought it was great. That's the part that I like the, the, the camaraderie uh, of that. The games are, are great, but it's the whole relationship that I have with parents, with players, with coaches that I got to keep going and, and, and I'm still, it's still going on. So I'm still happy. I, I like we said, we know it's a, a rough situation, I like the outreach that's going around here that I know of that, you know, I think they put up some senior pictures on a building for another school that they couldn't go to their own school. So they did it at a school like, or a building next door. Yeah. I like the aspect of, of how the lacrosse community, and I know the whole community, but let's, the lacrosse community is, is lifting each other up in, in this time and, and, and trying to help out. So that's with my abbreviated season, I like seeing the, the help of what's going on right now. Yeah. How about you, Lee? Uh, echoing, obviously, on that with the lacrosse community, we tend to take care of our own pretty well. <clears throat> I see it, obviously, with the, the sad things that we had going on and the community stepping up and helping up on uh, further with this. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting this year was <clears throat> it seems like the game down here is evolving into more of the northern style. Uh, after watching uh, Kings knock off Oxbridge, I caught up with uh, Stan Ross in the parking lot, who's the Oxbridge head coach, mm -hmm. for those who, who don't know. <clears throat> and uh, I brought it up to him. I said, you know, Stan, I'm noticing that a lot of the games are starting to go 9-5, 10-6. We're not getting these 16 to 14 track meets uh, very often down here. And he said, look, you know, that's, you know, our coaching with all the northern uh, influence that we brought down here, it's it started to sink in, and <clears throat> the players are sort of adapting. The game I saw that night, you could have put that up in, uh, you know, West Genesee playing uh, around the court, and it wouldn't have looked out of place. So, you know, that's kind of one of the interesting things. Yeah. Uh, a little shout-out to my alma mater, who was off to a fantastic start. Uh, led the nation in scoring this year. Uh, a little shout-out to head coach Greg Raymond, whose wife was scheduled to give birth on Thursday. I've not heard uh, the result yet back from Greg. Uh, congrats, Greg. Hopefully everything went well and everyone's healthy. 
You'll be a great dad, don't worry <laughs> about that part. Uh, and just watching, you know, my alma mater crack the top 20 uh, this year and uh, the Syracuse game, those who got to watch it on the ACC network, that was a one goal game late into the third until the refs got involved. <laughs> you know, we won't say too much about that. Uh, but we were going to be playing Cornell the last game of the year down there, and that would have been fantastic. Uh, and just, you know, just I think that once in a while it's good to get a really good life lesson. <clears throat> and we're all going through it now, and we will all come out of it uh, on the backside stronger for it. We'll appreciate things that maybe we forgot to appreciate more. And uh, I just think I'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. You know, we'll be a better country for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think for, for me, I didn't get to see many games. Um, I did get to watch the Gilman-Ponavidra game. I actually watched that game three times. Um, I watched it once live, but I had to had to leave work. So I had to start my commute. So I came, came home and watched it. And uh, the, the Sam King kid for, for Gilman, um, he was off to a fantastic start to the season. Um, obviously, uh, Carter Parlett with uh, Ponavidra, he was putting on a show pretty early on in the year too so it was kind of nice to see you know two two teams go head to head like obviously I, I talked with coach west and some of his kids uh, a couple weeks ago and uh it was just honestly it was kind of nice to see a florida team go north to to play uh those guys because usually i mean it's rare that the florida team goes up to maryland at that time of year i mean it's hit or miss with maryland at, you know in in march i mean it kind of makes sense for them to come down and mcdonough i think was scheduled to come down i think that week, maybe it was the next day. Like it was, it, I think it was the week that you guys kind of suspended play that McDonough was supposed to come yeah. down. Um, so it was, uh, you know, that that was nice to see. Um, kind of like you, Michael. It's been nice to see the community. Like, obviously, the lacrosse community has always been small. Well, it feels small. I mean, we're all very spread out uh, across the country, but it, it feels more like a family and tight knit in that terms. But you know, it's been nice to see like the messages of hope, like, um, even from coaches, like I know, you know, the, the players and people have expressed their, you know, disappointment with certain state associations and stuff like that at times. And I mean, it's, I told my wife, I was like, I think I've gone through the, the stages of grief at this point where, you know, <laughs> where, you know, where it's just kind of the, you know, you just kind of have those feelings that you kind of have to, to work through. I know I was a little bit of a funk for the first like week or two, um, after kind of season started getting canceled, but it was nice. Cause I would go on Twitter and, Generally, Twitter is not the most positive of places, as I think we all know. I mean, I think we'd probably say that for, for the internet as gen, as uh, in general. And yes, I know I'm keeping that and putting it. That's a mild statement, understatement. Um, but you know, it was nice because I would see coaches kind of use almost use this moment in life as kind of like you know this is this is a tough moment, but we're going to get through it. And they kind of talk with their players about you know they were using it as that teaching moment. So. You know, it was just kind of nice because, I mean, I think in the end of the day, we kind of sometimes forget that the coaches, they're, they're also teachers. Like they're, you know, they're in the job of, you know, teaching these kids how to, how to be men, how to, you know, in some way, you know, become, be part of a society because, I mean, that's what a team is. Like it's kind of a microcosm of what you do every day when you go to work every day, what we all do. Um, so it was kind of nice to see that. And obviously I think I'd like to get, you know, cascade shifting to you know make the mask and stuff like that i'm sure that was no small undertaking for for a company like that to switch completely what they were doing i mean they probably have to figure out like all right you know there's a little bit of a difference between making the uh, the ppes versus a, a lacrosse helmet so i'm sure there was a learning curve there but you know it's just kind of nice to see um 
I mean, as bad as stuff like this is, I think you start to see the best in humanity um, <clears throat> kind of step up in times like this. So, I mean, to your point, Lee, every now and then it's kind of nice to see. You, know, you kind of get a reminder every now and then, like, oh, you know, maybe things aren't, you know, as bleak as sometimes the, the news would make it out to, you know, to be from time to time. So, I mean, that's kind of my takeaways. These are the things I hope I remember from the 2020 season um, when it's all said and done. Um, I keep thinking about what I'm going to do on, on lax records for the year. Cause I like, I've toyed around. I was like, well, I can't really do a all lax records team. Cause it's, you know, I'm like, I some way I could, but it would make no sense. Like for like, it would just be one of those things. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. So it's just going to be one of those. It's going to be a, an asterisk season, I think for all of us, but you know, hopefully these, you remember some of the positive stuff that comes out of it and not, you know, that it was you know, a ruined season. Like, I think there probably will be some things that come out of this that we will probably hear about later, you know, maybe, maybe on um, stuff that maybe may not be here now, but I think, you know, we probably get kids. I'm hearing stories of kids, um, you know, not, not starting businesses, but you know, there's a group of kids. I think it was in Kentucky. He was a college student that he decided to start doing the free shopping, grocery shopping for seniors. And now it's like expanded into other States. Um, there's actually a, a lawn for the college that I work at. They got involved with it. So you hear stories like that, and I think we'll probably hear more and more of that as kind of time goes on for people that kind of just stepped up. So those are things I hope we remember at any point. So, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, the usual. Uh, Michael, where can people find you online? Uh, you could email me at uh, mward at laxrecords.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at at MFWCHI or at One Man Ride. Right. And Lee, how about you? Where can people find you? Email is Lee at FloridaLacrosseNews.com. Twitter, Florida, capital L, capital X. Instagram, which uh, <laughs> I keep promising will be there shortly. Obviously, that got pushed back. And on Facebook, uh, you know, facebook.com forward slash flalaxnews.com. Right. And for, for me, you can find me at Lax Records on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, obviously, facebook.com slash Lax Records. And as always, uh, laxrecords.com, which is you know, pretty much you can find everything, everything there. Um, guys, you know, thank you a lot for for joining me for uh, YouTube Live. I know we had a few technical hiccups <laughs> on, on the show, um, but thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for the people. I know we had a few people tune in. And obviously, this will be available on demand, so uh, we can always have people tune in later as well. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for See having ya. me, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Around the Crease podcast. Make sure to visit the website, laxrecords.com, where you can get even more news and stats on the top performers from around the nation. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd really appreciate the ratings on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, it would really help us out. If you like this show, you also may want to consider making a tax-deductible donation. You know, I volunteer all my time to work on the site and this podcast, so it really is your donations is what help keeps the site free and open to everyone. And 100% of your donations go to improving the website. Check out laxrecords.com donate for all the details. Again, that's laxrecords.com slash donate. Everybody, have a week.